And we saw that there's a community there that you can build. So as retailers can dive more into these micro fandoms within these massive properties, they can find aspects to get behind. How did SpongeBob find his way onto the NFL field? Why is Lego taking the fashion world by storm? Where did all that Baby Yoda merch come from? And why are people going crazy for Captain America pajamas? We explore what makes certain consumer products stand out above the rest, thanks to a little thing called brand licensing. Welcome to season two of the Licensing Mixtape, a podcast by License Global. Hello, and welcome to the Licensing Mixtape. I'm Patricia DeLuca, Managing Editor of License Global. And today we're talking to Eric Morris of Redbubble, delve further into the rising demand for inclusivity in fandom and how brands can work with DTC retailers to create licensed goods that cater to fans everywhere. Hi, Eric. How are you? Good. Hi, Patricia. Good to talk to you. Same here. Let's talk about inclusivity in fandom. What are some of the key issues to address when making sure brands are truly for everyone? You know, I think inclusivity, as we're talking about fandom, obviously that's a a big topic of discussion sort of globally now as well. And I think as it relates to fandom, there's a really interesting conversation that has been bubbling for quite some time. And you've seen brands begin to explore this more and more. But I think the number one opportunity for opening the fandom to these opportunities is access and availability. And this is really where DTC has really come in and plugged a hole that allows for more consumers to find what speaks to them. I think as we're, as we're delving into this inclusivity conversation, fandom is about badging. And there are things that you love which are really meant to be community-building opportunities. And when you have access to characters that may be second or third tier characters that you really relate to, but that you're not the only one who relates to them. And I think when you look at a property like Steven's Universe, right? And Mm -hmm. there's so many characters in that show and there's so many powerful gems that each have their own strengths, that each have their, their own characteristics that will speak to people differently. And being able to have that sticker on your laptop or being able to wear that T-shirt that really speaks to that character and your relationship to that character, that is at the core, the the, the first tier of being inclusive, in my opinion, uh, as it relates to to fandom. You probably have seen very different um, versions of inclusivity, but in your opinion, What is lacking across retail and the DTC market in terms of exclusive apparel or maybe exclusive accessories for different abled individuals? That's a great question and one that I want to give a lot of credit to the team at Disguise who recently rolled out these amazing costumes that are designed and developed for kids with with different abilities whether they, yeah. they have whether they have feeding tubes or whether they're in wheelchairs you know that type of progressive thinking in my opinion is really where this industry provides its real difference-making ability. You know, mm-hmm. I worked for Hasbro when I started my career, and I'm so fortunate. It's, you know, it's a great fostering ground for very young, very green people to come in and learn. And they had a general philosophy, which, which was making the world smile. Mm-hmm. And then they backed that up with, you know, community outreach and toy donations and really thinking about how, as a 
business, they're impacting the world, the world's youth in positive ways and beyond just just the toys that they made. And I gave them a lot of credit and I learned a lot from that experience. And, and you see companies like Disguise, that's a very expensive, I would imagine that's a very expensive endeavor to develop costumes in that capacity. But they invested the time, they invested the resources. That is at the heart of it, inclusivity and fandom. Those little kids who now get to experience and be their favorite characters for the first time in an official capacity, amazing. Um, and when I saw you know, uh, Tara posted on Facebook the first photo shoot, and you just see the joy in those kids' faces. And then you hear the stories from their parents about how, how – this is going to make such a huge difference for them in in their daily lives or in 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 their way of expressing that. You have to just be proud to work in in an industry that that is bringing that to life. So that is, I think, when you're looking at, at gaps, it, it is it is finding those opportunities to make an investment that that can make a contribution. And I'm sure they've done the numbers, and I'm I'm sure that they'll have a business out of it, but. Certainly there's an expense to that. And I think as licensors begin looking at their fandoms and they look at the breadth of opportunities that exist across there, it's really hard to pick and choose where do, where do they focus, right? You look at a portfolio like Warner Brothers, which is just massive, or a portfolio like Disney's, which is just massive. You know, how do you pick and choose where you invest? And I think ETC is an opportunity that many of these companies are really diving into to begin to explore some of their what I'll call micro communities. You know, we have Venture Brothers on Redbubble, right? That's not a property you would necessarily see at a mainstream mass market retailer, but certainly there's a fandom there for that. So how can you uh, explore that more and encourage those who are fans of Venture Brothers to actually dive more into it and, and express their fandoms? So just as you earlier celebrated Disguise and their new inclusive costumes for children, I also have to commend Redbubble for their extended sizing in their DTC. I don't know how many of our listeners are aware, but apparel at Redbubble and their DTC products, they start or they extend to 2X, but you can buy some other apparel at Redbubble that can go up to size 4X and 5X, which is rarely seen on the market. So in your opinion, um, what is lacking across retail and the DTC markets in, in terms of inclusive apparel? Like, how do you build on those areas when you create plus size lines or brands licensing into retailers who have already served up an inclusive range for fans? Yeah, I think this is really where technology plays a huge role, right? We're able to offer at Redbubble those larger sizes for the artists to put their designs on and and, and for them to sell because we're not beholden to a skew design um, limitation. Any work is available for sale in any of those sizes in any market in, in the world. So it, it provides that access. So I think that when you're looking at DTC and you're looking at the, the technological aspect of it enabling those consumers who are now in that plus size market, and it's not just T-shirts. You know, Redbubble also offers dresses and skirts and leggings that also can provide access, you know, for fans to better express themselves. And, you know, I've always tried to find roles and jobs that, you know, enabled those moments that people can have, right? Whether it's that that personal celebration or that celebration as a community. Again, fandom is community. And, and I think we forget that at 
the heart of those conventions was people are, are waiting in line and they're buying their merch. They're all celebrating a shared experience, right? People waited overnight to go into Hall H at Comic-Con because they wanted to see their favorite people talk, but they also were talking to people in line who were also passionate about that fandom experience or that TV show or that movie or seeing that celebrity or, or getting that toy. And that shared experience is ultimately as a community of licensing where we're bringing merch to the world right across these these different uh, uh brands and these different tv shows and movies and games and etc we're creating that space and we're enabling you know patricia you can go and see somebody wearing your favorite tv show and go walk up to them and say hey i love that show too you know and you know at redbubble one of the things that we uncovered is that in colleges the stickers that are sold on redbubble are used as that sort of badging moment. So in these in these classrooms and you know computer labs and in the quads, people will have their favorite TV show or movie or game on their laptop, and it can create a sense of community because then people know in those first few weeks of starting school, you know who I can go and talk to and, and try to introduce myself to. And you know, those moments are hard as we get older. It's harder and harder to make friends. Mm-hmm. And fandom becomes an access point, an easy access point to making friends. I agree. I agree. And um, as someone who's been a variety of sizes throughout the years, um, it was always a sticking point when I personally wanted to buy something for, out of fandom and maybe it didn't come in my size. And yes, I would buy the sticker, but sometimes the sticker isn't enough. Like you want to celebrate the fandom with more, you know, like what, you know, with the range that's out there. And now that, you know, with more places being more size inclusive, um, more people are participating and feeling more comfortable to do so. When it comes to licensing, how is fandom a core driver for brands? And where do you see that going in the future as inclusivity continues to grow and the conversations between the brand and fan becomes more central? At its core, Patricia, you know, fandom, these are your biggest investors, right? If you think of fandom as a business, right? These are these are the folks who hold stock in your in your fandom brand, right? They're the ones who are gonna go and, and spend the money on the movie, buy the game, buy the upgrades, buy the t-shirt, buy the hat, right? So these are the these are your your biggest investors. And they have opinions, right? And they have how they interpret the the property or how they interpreted the movie leaning into that is an important aspect of acceptance right and we have found on redbubble with fan art in particular it's a validation point that when they submit a piece of fan art that expresses their particular slant on a property so for instance uh, with Adventure Time, we'll see artists submitting, you know, a Marceline design with her all tatted up, or a love affair between Princess Bubblegum and Marceline. And when the artist gets that work approved by the licensor, there's a moment of like validation and vindication, like they accept my view of that. Um, and I think as we look deeply into inclusiveness in these properties, that invitation to have the fans voice be heard is no longer an exceptional aspect of a property. It's now expected. 
you have these streaming platforms which which deliver content to people's homes day in and day out. You have the Twitterverse where you can literally talk to your favorite celebrity and follow your favorite brand and be in communication with them. You have these conventions where they can go and actually meet physically with these creators and listen to them or get their autograph or you know get their photograph with them. And you know that closeness does create a sense of a belonging but two also an expectation that they're now part of this world and that their view of this world is an important part of their experience and as more rights holders begin i believe to listen to that and you're seeing it you're seeing retailers evolving into this space more. You look at what Spencer's is doing, you look at what Hot Topic is doing. There is a definite acceptance of these other alternative, maybe more micro community oriented products that again, technology has empowered and licensors have accepted and it just brings the fan more into it and brings them more deeply into it. So when you have your highs and your lows, the fan will stick with you. You know, there. I remember when I was at Hasbro, there wasn't a Star Wars movie for years but the business kept churning out because the toys were amazing and the company kept investing in that brand to keep it top of mind. Um, and that's true even when I was at Spencer's and we, we rolled out the Mandalorian collection uh, based, on, based on Star Wars. And it was a micro aspect of the property that was exclusive to Spencer's for, you know, I think it was two years. And we saw the the fans resonate with that way before The Mandalorian actually came out on on on, on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And we saw that there's a community there that you can build. So as retailers can dive more into these micro fandoms within these massive properties, they can find aspects to get behind. You know, I'm not sure if you're a if you're watching the the um, Falcon and Winter Soldier on Disney Plus right now, but I've been, and it's fascinating to watch that and see some of the characters like Sharon Carter, right? Like she is a strong, awesome character that you typically would not have seen merch for because you know she's not one of she's not one of the necessarily the 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 Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. But here she is with merch available. And that's amazing for fans of her and fans of that series and fans of the whole, um, you know, um, uh, Marvel universe to be able to now get that particular character on a product that you can now bring home. That to me is an evolution of this business from when I first started 20 years ago to now that technology has empowered, you know, rights holders accepting fans in new ways has empowered and I think we're all better for it. A bit of advice, um, or if you can give some advice to a new company that is looking into uh, extended sizing, what would you tell that person who is looking into um, doing that within their uh, apparel company? I think if there's an apparel company out there, or even if even if there's an accessory company or, or you know a stationary company that is looking to sort of expand into a universe of, of inclusivity. You know, certainly plus sizes are, are an important aspect of the business. You know, it, it is a fairly significant portion of, of business that, that, that we've seen grow over, over time. 
uh, at Redbubble and, 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 and in previous roles. And I think that the advice I would give is lean into your better vices, right? Lean into that and, and find a way to deliver it. You know, at Spencer's, we weren't able to bring extended sizing into every single store, but we were able to bring signage into every single store that showed how to go go online, find the item and be able to be and be able to have it de- have it delivered to you in the size that you were looking for. So, you know, it's tough when you have 700 1000 stores to have extended sizing in every single store. The, the 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 country is made up of varying sizes and it's hard to get it all right, right? In in mm-hmm. each community, but you can certainly use technology as a way of delivering that. You can certainly use e-commerce as a way of de- of delivering that. Print on demand and DTG also lean into that. But I think it goes beyond just extended sizing. It also goes into extended themes and extended characters. And I think this is ultimately where the the bridge is going to be made stronger for the fan is when you start speaking to them in their themes and you look at what star trek has done with their with their with their pride program right they've mm-hmm. embraced this community of, of lgbtq fans and offer them an entire range of products just for them which obviously are available for everybody but that speaks to them and and speaks to them being an important aspect of of the of the property and of the ca- campaign and you have to really credit these licensors for for you know embracing that and, and moving forward and for these licensees to invest in it and, and to keep it moving forward. Um, but also secondary characters and you know Cobra Kai is such a great example of how characters can be interpreted differently by the fans, right? We all grew up with the Karate Kid movies, where where it was Daniel was the was the hero and Johnny was the evil doer, and now all of a sudden it's like maybe not everybody saw it that way. Maybe mm-hmm. some folks actually related to Johnny, but was there ever Johnny merchandise available? Probably not. No. Um, and so, you know, those opportunities to find more of those bridges and find more of those connections and platforms like Redbubble certainly empower that. And, and you know, because of the fact that we can distribute uh, through our global network of, of fulfillers and we have these relationships with right holders and we have the artist community who uses our platform. There's a, there's a, there's a bridge there for sure, mm-hmm. um, but it's much bigger than that. And making this inclusive conversation, the normal conversation where it's not special anymore is mm-hmm. ultimately, I think the goal where you're not talking about an LGBTQ range of goods, you're talking about how you're embracing these LGBTQ movements or how you're embracing these, you know, a, a, a counterculture that, that may exist that, 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 that's too small for a mass market retailer, but that still has a robust investment in your property. And I'm excited with the partners that, that, that we've signed at Redbubble because They've embraced that, you know, folks like like uh, Legendary with Dune, right, have really embraced this idea of like, let's see what the fans have to say about the about the property or with Schitt's Creek and, and ITV. You know, some of the quotes that we get in, some of the designs that come in from, from these artists that then get get approved by the property. You know, some of them are, are certainly taken right from the show. Some of them are, are, are really personal interpretations of, of, of how that particular fan sees it. And so to, to answer your question, any advice I would give would be listen to your consumers, listen to your fans, 
Um, but it really starts with a collaboration between manufacturers and rights holders and you know, opening the the door to the fans having a really strong and powerful um, voice into the property. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned Star Trek earlier because they are doing a great job with inclusivity. Um, I was thinking particularly with Viacom CBS and they were working with Unique Vintage on a few of um, their brands in their extended sizing, I think for I Love Lucy. And they made, um, you know, retro dresses inspired by the show which you know served the fandom, but also I think the casual buyer or maybe somebody that was into vintage would buy that and they would find it in their extended size. So they've been doing a, you know, a phenomenal job with that as well. Well, um, time is up. So I want to thank you for your time. This has been a great conversation. One that is only the beginning and just wanted to remind our listeners to subscribe to the Licensing Mixtape and thank you for listening. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Patricia. Thank you. Yeah, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. As always, the License Global team wants to hear from you. Get in touch with us at news at licenseglobal.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook to leave your thoughts or just to stay in the loop with the latest news. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to follow us on whichever platform you found us on and we'll be hard at work bringing you more episodes of the licensing mixtape. Until then, we'll catch you next time.